Welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your masterclass in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So I'm here with Dr. Chris Wilkie, who is the Director of Guitar Studies and teaches lute and theorbo and all sorts of other early music-related things at the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music in Cincinnati, Ohio. And Chris is a longtime dear friend of mine. Um, how are you, Chris? I'm well, Carl. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. Good to, good right, to have yes, you then. here. Thanks for your your time and uh well, well thank you for inviting me to be on here I'm, I'm actually really thrilled to do this awesome happy happy to give people opportunities to tell their tales so i'm trying you know i was trying to think about it uh earlier today i think i've i think i've known you since i know i know at least since you were a graduate student at ccm um, and you did, did you do your undergraduate or part of an undergraduate somewhere else with Bob Mayer? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, I did my in undergraduate at uh, what, was, what was then called the College of Mount St. Joseph, which is in Cincinnati, okay. Ohio. It's now the University of Mount St. It's now, sorry, Mount St. Joseph University. Um, and I did my, uh, I did my uh, degree in guitar and composition. With, That's right, uh, okay. Yeah. Bob Mercer, yeah. Oh, Bob Mercer. I had the, had the wrong Bob. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Excellent. And it, and did you did you continue composition studies when you when you got into grad school or you um you know I I, I did some composition at um, University of Cincinnati CCM yeah. and um, but it was it was mostly guitar which I did with Claire okay. Callahan there yeah. and then after and, that I went. Um, Played around professionally quite a bit, and um, then I decided to get my uh, my DMA, uh, which I did at uh, Eastman at, at the Eastman yeah, School of Music, and I studied the, there with Paul the O'Dell. Most the most prestigious Eastman, uh, we should say, you know, <laughs> of Eastman Kodak. Yes, uh, <laughs> the most prestigious Eastman. Um, yeah, I think the film probably has gotten, gotten more uh, through, through the ages. Not so much now, I guess, but um, yeah. So I, I studied there with, uh, with with Paul O'Dette. Okay, and 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 your degree, your DMA is is in lute and early music. Is that am I remember? Yeah, so my DMA is in uh, what's called um, historical performance with an emphasis Ooh. on historical plucked strings so it includes nice. anything and and uh it could be anything from 19th century guitar which i did there um uh, as well as the orbo uh various types of lutes my um my particular area of emphasis was on baroque lute 13 course lots of late yeah. baroque and early classical lute um sort of dovetailing with early classical guitar yeah very cool very cool and 
the other thing that I was I was remembering is I I believe you you finished that degree in record time because you had, you had like family <laughs> pressures there, and you had to get get that thing out of there and get it done and you did I, a, I a am, surprising yeah, number of recitals how, in a very short period of time. Yes, I, I I'm I'm proud of how quickly I finished, uh, particularly because right in the middle of that, uh, my wife and I we had our twins. Uh, so that added another kind of burden that was that was on us at that point. Um, uh, not not really a burden, but definitely a challenge. You know, that was yeah, that oh, was a sure. lot of getting through there. But um, yeah, finished up, and um, yeah, it, it was a great experience. Got to do a lot of different things. Yeah, got to play we, around we, we, a lot while with, I was there. I mean, working with Paul must have been fantastic. I mean, I, I've, I've sat in master classes for him and, and watched you know many many concerts of his and. I can't imagine the opportunity to hang out with him on a regular basis. That must be oh, something yeah, yeah, else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul is, is a beast and yet the most down-to-earth guy you'd ever meet. Um, yeah. Just an amazing player. Um, uh, uh, and I mean this in the kindest way when he's playing. Like, um, uh, he's basically a robot or a computer when he's playing. Because <laughs> he, he can just, <laughs> just sit down and play. You know, and and just yeah. the music comes out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how how tired he is or what he's been doing. You know, one time we had our ensemble rehearsal, um, and uh, he, he told me ahead of time. He's like, you know, uh, I've got a plane that's going to be flying. I'm 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 playing in Paris, and I've got a plane that's flying in, and it should get in, and I, I might be able to make it on time to rehearsal. And sure <laughs> enough, you know. <laughs> Got off the plane, came straight to the college, and and coached our ensemble. And you know, it was three a three hour rehearsal or something. You know, amazing. It was, and, and you know, never never any any sense of you know, oh, he's feeling feeling wiped out or tired or anything. It was just totally, yeah. uh, just just totally there. I mean, the music just sort of flows out of him. You know, yeah. Well, I, I, I think so that's, it you know that, it was great. Experience. That kind of thing is a is a testament to the you know when when somebody's in the flow, right? I mean. When, when they have that current just coursing through their veins, you know, it, there it is at any point. That's what they live off of, you know, that's, that's, that's oh, the sure. energy yeah, that yeah. sustains them and keeps them going. And, and it's infectious, you know, I, I think anytime I've been around him, you know, it's just, you, you, it's one of those situations where whether he's playing, whether he's talking, it doesn't matter, you know, just even hanging out, you, you always feel more energized after the experience than you do. Absolutely, before. yeah, lots of, lots know. of creativity flowing through there. I actually had him as a, a guest artist recently here at the University of Cincinnati. For, so he came down, gave a performance, um, and then he coached the guitarists, you know, classical guitarists. Yeah. Um, and, you know, afterwards, you know, all the students were just saying, you know, wow, they just gave me so much to think about. You know, it was, it was yeah. amazing. That's very cool. So, yeah, we should talk about your teaching there at, at, at CCM. Um, and you've been there now since the spring. Well, you, you were teaching before Claire retired, but you took over in the spring of 2020 uh around the time the pandemic hit right is that exactly yeah i i think so yeah my, my first year was in 2020 which yeah, yeah boy um yeah this pandemic <laughs> is crazy i have to sit there and think about like, how long yay! it's been and it's like oh shit all at the same yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> exactly I, I have to think to myself how was that last year or was that two years ago yeah or was it three months ago i don't know you know yeah. it's, it's just your whole time frame of everything Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I, I took find it myself that, describing over things in, uh, that happened in 2019 as last year all the time. It's like, oh no, that was two years ago. It's like this. It was two years that, ago. That, yeah. that that whole year just evaporated, like it didn't exist. I just sat around and, and ate cheese balls in my in my house <laughs> for a year. <laughs> cheese balls are good. What do you have against us? But um, 
No, especially if it was something that happened in the first three months of uh, 2019. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, 2020. 2020. See, I'm getting yeah. mixed, mixed up here already. <laughs> it was, if it was, yeah, January, February, or early March, I had a, I, I just done a ton of performances. I'm like, oh, those happened in 2019 or 18. But no, yeah. wait, it was just 2020. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. We were actually just going about our business, doing our regular stuff. You know? <laughs> and then whoopsies. Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know. Yeah. So, um, and, and I mean, Claire, that's, that, that's a program, you yeah, know, that's a I run, mean, she, so. she, she spent 40 years there building what I would describe as probably one of the most successful programs in the country and, and just consistent, you know, just always, always having a, a, a good body of, of well, well playing. Is that a word? Like students of a high, high level you know, really integrated in the program there, a lot of success with students coming out of that program, you know, your, yourself included. Um, and I just, you know, it's like, wow, that, what a, what a thing to, uh, to, to, to do. And then here, here you are, you know, and, and, and it's yours now. And, and what, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Claire really, um, really created an amazing thing. So, she founded that program in 1972, oh my which means that, yeah, this is, this is our 50th year. So this yeah. is the 50th wow. year of this classical guitar program. And it was the first classical guitar program really at, at a major conservatory. Yeah. Um, so there have been some guitar programs before this, of course. Um, but yeah, it's one, one of the first ones at least. And, you know, she founded this and uh, really just, just, just did this amazing thing where, um, she created a program that wasn't just about playing, but actually knowing about the instrument, you know, the yeah. history of the instrument, um, you know, not treating it as, as just, um, you know, just something that shows up on the concert stage, but there's so much mm -hmm. more to it. You know, so we know about the history and the pedagogy of this thing. Um, and that's, that's certainly a legacy um, that, that we don't see very often in a lot of guitarists. Yeah, yeah. People coming out of here are not just great players, but they're really informed about the music, yeah, everything, right. the music and how it fits in culturally and everything. Yeah, and, and and like so, for you to take take that on, like I mean, again, it's it's one of these situations where I'm thinking at the same time you're going, this is great, fantastic, and then on the other side, oh my god, this is so intimidating. <laughs> like, what do I do now? <laughs> I mean, right. like. Right. Yeah, did, the, the did, timing. You, did, did you have that kind of kind of response to it or was it or like did you feel ready to okay i'm i'm here i'll, I'll, I'll let's you know carry yeah carry well, on. i mean i i certainly felt ready to to go i mean oh, good. Um, yeah yeah and and you know a lot of that what was from claire you know the the, yeah. the grounding that actually came came with her training and everything um of course the timing's not great yeah i mean right. it's it's not great for anybody <laughs> right but um you know, there there are lots of challenges, but we have to look and see you know, what what are the what are the positives to this. You know, we've of done course. a lot of online instruction uh, right at this moment, and we're recording this in uh, mid January yeah. of 2022. Uh, right now, we happen to be online. We'll be back in person soon, uh, but we've been kind of off and on, and you know, as musicians, yeah, we we want that sort of personal contact and that, yeah. that connection. But there are some advantages actually to teaching online. 
Um, I, I've actually found a, a, a lot of things that you can do online, uh, specifically with technology, um, that, that you can't really do comfortably in person. I can, I can show different kind of camera angles and things like that. And I can oh, demonstrate yeah, things sure. or I can see what a student's hand is doing from a different angle. Yeah. And, that's um, true. yeah. And, you know, balancing that with actually hearing it in person is, is the best option, of course. <laughs> so that's, that's always the case. And then for us in, in classical music, I mean, we're really geared towards live, you know, yeah. live actually in the moment performance. Right. That's the place where we really do suffer a little bit. So, but we're trying to find some outlets for that. Um, so, for example, you know, I, I direct a guitar ensemble here at, at CCM. Right. And... Um, if we can't find a place um, to to actually perform in front of an audience because of you know whatever restrictions or whatnot we've got going on, uh, or what seems socially responsible, um, I, I I have a, a cultivated a relationship with an area uh, radio DJ, and so we'll go in and oh, do cool. live performances at least here regionally in the Cincinnati yeah. area. And of course, there's always the possibility for doing things like live streaming and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and and so, honestly, I mean, so, those yeah, are... in, in some ways, yeah, in some ways that you know that expands your reach beyond what you can do yeah. in the area. So that's a positive. And and those are also, I think, you know, you're not doing them for that reason or for this reason specifically, but having some experience in those environments is not a bad thing for a young musician to have either, you know, to go into a radio station and see how that works or, you know, to deal with live streaming technology and, and understand how that works. Um, you know, those, those are, those are good things for us to know how to do. And honestly, it's funny because I think some of that stuff, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, the students are, are, you know, they're of a, a younger generation and they're maybe not as, as, uh, old and crusty as I am, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the stuff that I've learned tech technologically over the past couple of years, I would have had no motivation to do so otherwise, you know. Oh, um, for sure. For sure. So I mean, um, there is there 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 are silver linings to it. I just, you know, <laughs> for sure. You I'd know, rather... as, as, and if I, as I've found as, a, as an instructor, too, you can't necessarily take it for granted and say, oh, these people are from this generation. Therefore, they know this about computers. Yeah. Um, you know, and they just know that. So I'll, I don't even have to teach it, you know, or anything or even talk. about <laughs> it. Um, uh, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, interesting. You know, so there 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 have been plenty of times where I thought, you know, oh, well. Yeah, and, and and this is this is one of the challenges of, of teaching online is that, um, you know, in in terms of you know what what kind of equipment do they have audio equipment sure. wise, you know, sure, um, which, yeah, that's um, you know that's that's kind of an unforeseen expense that somebody might have to invest in, <laughs> yeah, right, and you can't necessarily demand that people invest in having the the highest quality audio equipment right did did the conservatory i mean was that something that they said when when people went online for lessons and whatnot did, did they give recommendations as to like this is the minimum quality requirements you have to have for equipment or was it just pretty much everybody was just cast onto their own like make it happen kind of thing yeah i think unfortunately that was that was kind of the situation which is understandable i mean um yeah you know, the people are already struggling, you know, to make it by, sure. uh, to, yep. to get by and performance opportunities are, are 
you know, are really reduced and, and challenging sometimes. And, and then trying to ask people to say, now you also have to buy this stuff that you never budgeted for. Right. You know, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> so we make do. And with learn it. how to what use it. And yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Take the time to learn how to use it uh, aside from all the other stuff that we're asking you to do. Um, right. It, it, it's just, it's a, it's a real burden. And um, yeah. uh, not something that you can... You could just say you must do this or you're out. You know? Right, right, right. And so, and and some of the other challenges that that I mean, I think the big challenge probably, um, the biggest one, and, and everybody in in academia is probably feeling this really hard right now. Um, you know, recruiting, like when when the future is not so certain, when people's last year in high school was just pretty much wiped out, and you know, like that that's got to be a tremendous challenge. Um, I mean, it's a challenge without a pandemic happening. Um, so I would think that would that that would be something uh, that that is is a big deal right now. And then the other thing, did you? I wonder. You know, I think there are probably students who like didn't adjust to that so well. And 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 you know, I, I could see you know people losing students over over this as well. Is, there, is that something that happened there at all? To, to no, I haven't really seen that. And I, I, I've oh, really been uh, impressed with the resiliency and the adaptability of the students that we have here. Um, and actually, as far as recruitment, we our numbers are up as far as applications wow. here. Um, wow. Because I think maybe last year it was it was kind of an anomaly. And um, kind of sadly, this year, it's sort of people are saying, well, it's just how it's going to be, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. So, so we just you have figure to get with, on with, with the, um, yeah. with, yeah, if we're talking about undergraduates, you know, last year was, you know, everything was online, but now if we're looking at the next year, right. you know, the next, uh, the next batch of people who are interested in, in pursuing guitar or music or whatnot, um, it, it was half of their, their undergrad, the half of their high school. Experience. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it wasn't something that was really, you know, it wasn't something that was, it, it seems so strange now. So right. at some point you no just, you have to say, let's, <laughs> let's go on. You know, that's, that's the dream I want to pursue and I'm going to do it. You know, it's not, wow. um, um, it's not, let's huh. wait and see anymore. It's, it's here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, Which, you know, um, I, so that's, that's a great, that's, that's a great good, thing for us, you know? you know, and exactly for us, it's great. And, um, yeah. I think we have a lot to offer, you know, uh, at, yeah. at the program that we have. Sure. Um, and like you guys, you, you said you're back online now, but did, did you start the year in person? We were in, in person all the, the, the last half of, of 2021. So our fall semester, okay. the beginning part of our year. And, um, you know, we're hopeful that the, the spike in cases that we've seen in COVID has been because of the holidays and that we can, yeah, we can wait this out and get back in person, at least playing music together. Yeah. Are you, are, are you going to be online for the, the entirety of the spring semester do you think or uh, as as of now when we're recording this interview it is uh it's going to end on monday oh great right so we'll, get, we'll be back in person crossed, at that you know? point yeah 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 excellent you know and and i mean we we do have to think you know what what do we have to do that's responsible i mean there's, right of course you know, we, yeah we uh yeah yeah obviously playing together is is fantastic you know but staying ensemble healthy and making music is, is together <laughs> as long as we can do it in the safest possible. You know, we, we right. do social distancing. Um, and, and yet the university has invested a lot in uh, air purification um, systems and all this. We, we've got multiple purification units in every every room. Excellent. Very good. Very good. And is, is the university I know here at Ohio State, they've they've got all sorts of 
uh, vaccination requirements and the, and the students who, who are not vaccinated for whatever reason um, are tested like I think it's weekly. I think they have to oh, have to be tested yeah. weekly in the whole thing. And is it the same same thing that you see there? Of course, yeah. And and you know, at, at the University of Cincinnati, I mean, our our incidence of of positive cases is really minuscule compared to the, the greater population. So I mean, right. almost everybody's vaccinated. That's great. We have That's something really like great. a ninety eight percent vaccination rate and whatnot. So That's fantastic. Yeah. Everybody should be like the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And of course, you know, everybody's everybody's masking and social distancing. Even this is I mean, this is actually one of our challenges with guitar is, of course, we're you know, we're such a quiet instrument that right. we have to, you know, how, how yeah, I mean, distant can you it's get really difficult you if you get somebody who's six feet away and you're trying to coordinate parts, you know, that, that becomes difficult. Yeah. And I, I, I and with that in mind, I have to mention that I, I saw some I saw some video Gosh, maybe maybe last spring something it, it, for one of your guitar ensemble performances, um, and there was no audience because we're not allowed to do that, or we weren't allowed to do that. Um, I, and I believe it was in the the big recital hall there, um, which which I was familiar with from the the workshop. And correct me if I am mistaken, but I believe I saw microphones on stage. Well, that was because yes, we recorded that that concert. Okay, was was the, so, were the microphones just for recording, or was they were was just there for some recording? Amplification yes, going yeah. on. Okay, yeah, all right. No amplification. My, my... No amplification except for the piece that we played that was for electric guitars. Oh, so we yeah. did we didn't have an electric guitar, <laughs> piece, which which was a world premiere. Um, yeah, that's one of the things we tried to do. You know, is to, to engage yeah. with new music. Um, yeah. uh, which which you know, for myself as an artist as well as something that I try to to definitely encouraged with the students is, is to explore. You know, we, yeah. we have a core repertoire on guitar, of course, which is amazing and, and fantastic. And obviously anybody who's going through, uh, you know, through a degree program, you have to know the core repertoire. Absolutely. But for everybody, you know, yeah, you also have to go out and you have to find, find the new stuff. You know, you, you, yeah. you have to explore a little bit. And I, and in ensemble, of course, I'm, I'm choosing the pieces and, and choosing the, the players who are playing together and everything. So I get to do that in that case, yeah. which is one of the benefits of ensemble is my expertise, you know, my, my great expertise <laughs> that I bring to the table. Uh, but no, it is one of the benefits is that you, you, you get to play some things that you might not have chosen. And so you, you get sure, exposed absolutely. to that. Absolutely. Um, as well as in, I mean, in lessons in solo repertoire, I mean, it's it, it's really vitally important. I mean, we we need that new music, uh, you know, both both to keep the field vital and and live and yeah. going, um, as well as particularly, I think recent events have have made it obvious that you know, as in in terms of representation and diversity, I mean, there are, there are voices that will never get to the table unless you know you take an active role in seeking that stuff out. Um, and of course, yeah, I'm talking about women composers, people of color, all that yep. stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's not there historically for a variety of reasons about, you know, social norms back in those days, yep. things have changed and we have the, we have the freedom and the thrill of, of exploring and discovering a lot of this great stuff yep. that has been out there. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and the, the opportunity, I mean, that's, that's really it. And, and, and oh, sure, the yeah. opportunity to make opportunity. Right. Right. You know, and, and of course, you know, if we're looking at, at, at uh, you know, guitar as, as you know, solely a performance thing, I mean, the voices are never heard unless we bring it out there. Yep. 
Yeah, we're the performers of the composer's music. Absolutely. Yep. Very, very cool. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, to the best of your knowledge, um, has has there ever been electric guitars on that stage before? Um, well, I'm sure on that stage there has been. <laughs> <laughs> Under the yeah, umbrella we do, of the We do the have a guitar, a, guitar uh, uh, a jazz department here at... Oh, that's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> at the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, as far as in cla classical guitar, um, um, I, well, I don't know. It depends on what 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 is defined as classical guitar because um sure. w when i was a student there i actually took a i was involved with the composition department as well i was not a yeah. composition major i was there as a performance major on guitar um but word kind of got around you know, hey there's this guitarist who's he'll perform anybody's piece you know <laughs> 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 and so yeah I, I played a number of pieces um uh just actually Hey, back at the very end of 2019, going back to our early conversation about when things took place. In the before so right, times. Yeah, at the very end of 2019, I, I did a piece, for example, by one of our composition professors here, uh, Michael Fiday, and it's a piece written for electric guitar. And oh, I played it on a concert where there were some classical guitar pieces, and there were, yeah. there were, um, there was this electric guitar piece, which was pretty, uh, a pretty major work, I think, and actually a, a, a long piece. Um, and so, you know, acoustic, I mean, yeah, as far as electric guitar, you know, it's my main focus, but you know, <laughs> there, there are, there again, you know, sort of bringing it all together here, there are a lot of, lot of composers who are classical yeah. composers, you know, serious music yep. composers, whatever you want to call this, who are writing, um, you know, very um, intricate and, and uh, detailed music for electric guitar. And there's yeah, a variety not? of reasons. Sometimes it might be in an ensemble where they just want that balance. Um, yeah. And sometimes they just might want that timbre or whatnot. Sure. And who's going to perform it if not for people who have, have guitar degrees, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like guitars are guitars. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I like guitars and a lot of other instruments too. <laughs> so we should talk about occasionally that. Occasionally I will even listen to the piano. I will tolerate it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I never do. No, that's not true. Um, so, so we should talk. We should talk about your your interest in other uh, plucky things. So you went. You mentioned lute and theorbo before, and and I know that you've done some baroque guitar stuff. And um, yeah, so let's 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 talk about that. How did you get How did you get into that in the first place? Well, it was actually uh, guitar that, that brought me to that. I. Um... I, I started off, you know, I was doing a lot of early music. I just, it was just something that, that, that interested me, that sort of sound and um, uh, the craftsmanship, you know, the voice leading polyphony and all that sort of stuff What yeah. uh, was something that, that really appealed to me as a, as a performer and as a listener. Did you play a lot of and, that rep on guitar before you? Exactly. So I was playing yeah. this, this repertoire on guitar and I thought at one point I was, I thought to myself, you know, it, it would really help me perform this if maybe I got a lute, you know, yes. and then the lute could help me play this on guitar. Uh, and at that point I, I got so deep into it, I thought, you know, wow. <laughs> Why would I play this on guitar anymore? Right. <laughs> so obviously, guitar is a, is a big, yeah, is yeah. a big part of my life. But um, I realized, you know, these things that are written for lute and 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 there. Once I got into it, I realized that there is so much music that people don't know about. You know, even mm -hmm. even experts who are in this field, I mean, it is so deep that instrument, you know, the lute specifically, 
was yeah. something that was so popular for so long um, yeah. and, and and enjoyed such a prominent place in music making of the past, at least in Western yeah. culture. Absolutely. Um, that they're, they're, the, the backlog, I mean, it, it's just incredible. There's so much stuff out yeah. there that, that people don't know about that is, is amazing and, and incredible yeah. music. So anyway, I got into that and um, got got my hands on the instrument, and then it just went down the rabbit hole of you know yeah. what what is out there to play on this instrument, and yeah, you know, a lot of it can be adaptable to guitar. And for somebody who sure. plays guitar, I would say yeah, explore as well. You can do this stuff on guitar. Um, yeah, it sounds great. I I have no issue with it. For for me, you know, I yeah. I I play these instruments, so I play the music on the original instrument but there's there's no problem with adapting it to a modern modern sure. do you uh, still do modern that idiom do you, do as, just... as long as it's uh, as it's done with some idea of style and whatnot yeah do you do, you do that ever anymore do you do, do you ever play broke loot music on on guitar anymore for no i do not no <laughs> one of the issues there <laughs> so again no no uh no personal bias for me. That the major issue is that the tuning of these two instruments are, are quite different. Right. So you get yeah. your fingers uh, used to one sort of um, oh yeah one sort I of pattern yeah. of thing, sure. and then trying oh to trans <laughs> yeah transport oh, that, that over would, to yeah, the other that thing. would break your brain. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's 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 more for the mental reason than anything. Yeah. I've, I, you know, it's funny because I, ne I never thought about that aspect of it. But yeah, like uh, just thinking of playing lute or vihuela music with the, you know, the third in the wrong place, you know, things, things that I learned with the F sharp tuning and oh, exactly, things that I yeah. learned, you know, it, like I played this piece a million times before and it breaks my brain to try to do it, you know, the sure, other way. Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's and, interesting. And, yeah. and I know in your case, you've done some Baroque guitar stuff. You, well, yeah. You've done a lot of Baroque guitar stuff. Yeah. You and I never play that? that stuff on the, on the, the modern, well, I should exactly, say never, yeah. but I, like yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's one, and again, it's not a, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing it on the modern instruments. Just, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just, yeah. Just, so um, did you, did you, was your first lute experience with the, with the Baroque lute or did you do Renaissance lute before that? No, I, I started off with Renaissance lute and, okay. Um, yeah, as I dug into that repertoire, I, I found a lot of, of Baroque lute music yeah. um, that I really enjoyed. And, and then at that point, I, I switched over mostly to Baroque lute. Sure. So when we're talking about Baroque lute, it's the 13 course instrument. Yeah. So for people who might not the, be familiar the with the D minor it, tuning, D minor tuning, it has 24 strings on it. <laughs> So they're already that's that might tell you so that's already a guitar quartet you know and on one instrument you know so i mean that, that, that kind of what i hear is i'm going to spend the next 45 minutes tuning this thing and it's still not going to be in tune so why bother no uh and then of course yeah you you want to you want to look into some non-equal temperament for that so oh know. gosh so it's, yeah so um no so 24 string baroque lute but you know for people who might not be familiar with this you know it's 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 basically like a 12 string guitar right. except for you've got two single strings um and then you have like a basically like a harp guitar attachment yeah so most of what you're playing is actually still on six uh strings although most of the time sure. you're playing two strings at a time so right. what we call a course um so it, it it's not quite as you don't have to learn fingering on 24 different strings um <laughs> And then yeah, so you have a, a, a basically a, a extended neck attachment that gives you some extra bass notes, All right? And um, 
and and this is one of the other things so when we're playing this on guitar we don't we don't have those extra bass notes we have to transpose um, right. and those extra bass notes that you're playing are open strings which means you could do something like um you could play a really low note and be playing up in a high position playing a melody on the high position up on the neck which we can't do we can't on do on because... the guitar unless it's an open open string so it'd be like trying to play like like a low um like a first fret f on your sixth string while you're playing a melody in 10th position or something you just can't yeah. do it <laughs> so there's some different <laughs> things so so definitely but but that can be adapted to guitar for sure sure and um yeah can work really well you know the the tonal palette is is pretty similar especially yeah. when we're talking about baroque lute the the hand position the right hand plucking position whatnot is actually really similar to modern classical sure. guitar right yeah, it's not the, the the thumb under thing that the that the Renaissance yeah, guys. Yeah, of course, guys. The doing. Renaissance lute, exactly. Yeah, they play um, you know, alternating a lot between um, thumb and in index finger. Yeah. Did you did you do a lot of that as well? I have done some of that. It, it has yeah. been my real focus of things. Um, just not my area of, of uh, expertise, but certainly something sure. I do. And, would, and would, do. Was that a, when you were at Eastman working with Paul? Was there a requirement to to do any of that or was it oh no, no no that was a great great program with paul because yeah i did i did a lot of baroque lute and i i mentioned at the very top of this that uh, i also did 19th century guitar yeah yes yeah, so, i mean i i would bring could you kind of craft that yourself like the program absolutely was yeah, he was in he was consultation totally open with him to, yeah yeah whatever, that's cool you know, so that's i mean great. i brought in paganini and uh you know all oh, kinds fun. of things <laughs> yeah yeah and and you i know that that you I've seen you play a lot of that stuff on on older instruments as well. Um, it was and that was part of part of your study. Sure. Yeah. 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 And and did you still, it was did you mostly thirteen course just because yeah I mean yeah so this was a DMA program, no the nineteenth century I, stuff sorry yeah but, I was uh, sorry the nineteenth century stuff well um yeah I I did some of that did some nineteenth century guitar and yeah I mean my like my last recital there was half nineteenth century guitar and half baroque lute. Well, no, it was not half baroque lute because I also did some theorbo on that program. So <laughs> lots of different things. Nice. And you've you've recorded. I know you've you've done theorbo, theorbo and baroque lute recordings. Um, yes, and have, have you done right any, now? Any... Right now, I'm working on nineteenth century guitar recording. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and and have you did you do a baroque guitar recording? as well i might remember that I, I, you know, I have that a baroque up. guitar but no i have no recording okay so and how, how many yourself. recordings do you yeah, I have you know. <laughs> how many recordings do you have now so i well sorry I, I think there are um i think it's six albums wow yeah no moss there man <laughs> that's yeah, great so two of those two of those yeah. albums are actually um 21st century music by a um, ukrainian composer who wrote for baroque lute wow yeah very cool are there, are there those must be the most recent recordings right yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when, when did when did you when did you finish those oh goodness um i believe 2018 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And and stylistically, what's that? What's that stuff like? Oh, it, it it's very um, very Ukrainian. <laughs> yeah. So okay. it's, uh, it, it's tonal. You know, very tonal. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, very very sad, <laughs> like like much uh, much Ukrainian music. You know, and and yeah. intentionally so. You know, from from the so the composer's name is Roman Turovsky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
uh, intentionally. Uh, lots of things based upon Ukrainian epic poems and whatnot. So I have no Ukrainian um, heritage myself, you know. But yeah. but hey, that sounds appealing to me. <laughs> sure. Oh, absolutely. Very kind of broad. Yeah, I, I, epic I think that's, a, that's such a cool like thing. You yeah. know, I mean, like yeah. this. I don't know. It's it's a very strange thing because like you look at these the older instruments, right? And and you say, oh, you know, this in instrument went extinct. Well, it, obviously it didn't because <laughs> you know there there are people still playing it. And I I know that there was you know it's not as if people have been continuously playing it since you know it was really really active but maybe maybe some people had had been i don't know um but I, I know that there were there were movements to to kind of resurrect these things over over time but like i think if they were truly extinct they would have gone away completely right oh sure yeah, um, yeah. i mean yeah definitely you know the loot um if we're speaking uh specifically about that instrument um yeah definitely in the 19th century it was it was not a mainstream thing i mean it was right there, uh, and uh, and from most people's perspective, it would have been an antiquarian instrument as something sure. you know, that that people used to do. Even though, uh, even though there there were some things. <laughs> Apparently, even Fernando Sor performed lute in a concert. Oh my gosh! You're kidding. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a concert that Tell was put on that. by kind of an antiquarian society, and they they brought up Sor and Carcassi together on the same concert and huh. and uh the thing was they were saying you know, this this instrument is so unknown that we had to write out the music you know it was written in tablature at one point right and we, we had, had to, to write it out, out in yeah. notation you had to transcribe it so that Sor could play this this thing wow who knows what that sounds like you know oh <laughs> who knows what God. that and was what like, instrument but, yeah. what instrument did they use you know ah uh, i have no idea you know this is this is from wow. some old report and they just said he played the lute what was Amazing. it a lute? Was it a guitar-shaped lute? We we don't know. But, yeah, um, sure, sure. Well, there's all these. I know that that they're like, they're all these kind of, uh, they're they're basically guitars, but they're shaped shaped like lutes that that sure, came yeah. to prominence in the 19th century in in, in German-speaking places. Right, 19th you know, and early. That whole looking century, back, yeah. trying to construct some sort of mm -hmm. heritage mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, that, that um, gets know, so it's, pretty it's, messy. Yeah, <laughs> that gets pretty pretty messy because you know that that became part of um, you know it's called the the Vandervogel, which um, yeah. was kind of kind of like a combination. It was a youth movement, um, sort of like the um, uh, I guess maybe like the Boy Scouts that we know sure. nowadays. You know, it was, it was all about you know hiking and nature and all this sort of thing, um, and, and yet it had a very in in Germany had a very strong nationalist kind of yes. Um, yeah, kind of vibe to it. Um, <laughs> lots of patriotic songs, and, and a lot of times they would say, uh, which would be performed on the you know here air quotes on the lute, which was really right. a guitar. It was really sure. a guitar, but it, it had a bowl back on it, and it, it looked yeah. like a lute. Yeah, it had every, everything. Yeah, bracing and everything was the same as a guitar. Um, Very weird. Yeah, but but uh, uh, rather unfortunately, yeah. That so that started maybe late nineteenth century, went into the earliest century, and then it got co-opted by the Hitler Youth, so Hitler yeah. Youth movement Yay. and everything, and became a uh, a direct feeder into the Nazi Party and all that. And, yeah. And so, unfortunately, that was that was one of our problems with the loot in in the twentieth century. That for a lot of people, they had that kind of getting over that association. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the lute was it was a pan-European instrument. Yeah, you know, that was played all over Europe. You know, and yeah. it, it just be, 
because of that kind of association for a while, it became kind of a thing that uh, people were like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> uh, uh, thankfully, though, yeah, then in, in England as well, you know, they could look back and they could say, yeah, we've got Dowland and, and Cutting right. and, and all sorts of people and Bachelor. You know, we've got we've got our own tradition. You know? and, and, and I so don't, that's I don't really, think I think, that, where the, that music the modern... had ever been forgotten, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it, they knew about that music. They It was adapted for different things. You know, and I, and I assume that people still have lutes lying around in different places, you know, I mean, or something, you know, they knew about it. It wasn't, it wasn't as if it had disappeared completely and had no, had absolutely rediscovered, not, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, the same deal with the, uh, with the Vihuela, you know, the, one of the things that I found sure. in teaching actually my, my guitar history course and doing kind of my own research was there, there is actually a, um, uh, a transcription by a piece, uh, Fantasia by Luis Milan. But that was done by Camille Saint 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 wow. for piano. Oh, how cool! Oh, how cool! <laughs> right for piano in like the early you know, 1920s or something like 1910s oh, or whatnot. Yeah, and um, yeah, kind of a crazy thing, you know, that that would that would just be out there in somebody's universe, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know. I know that. I know that uh, Napoleon Cost was aware of and and did some devise transcriptions mm -hmm, sure and i'm trying to, I'm, I'm scratching my head now trying to think of early i mean i, I know that uh emilio pujol was looking at the vihuela music but there were people before that i'm sure but i, I can't i can't think of do you, do you know of any 19th century instances of, of people looking at, at vihuela music for guitar There's yeah in the guitar yeah in the guitar world not really not i don't think yeah. hmm yeah, I'm trying to think if, if our awareness of Uwela music really came from Bujol, um, yeah. who, who did a lot of musical, musicological research and whatnot, or, yeah. or whether it was Segovia actually doing a lot of that. Um, yeah, at any rate, I mean, yeah, Cost, huh. Cost was aware of, of you know, David's Day's music and yeah. arranged it for, you know, for his time, a modern guitar, which he really preferred a seven-string guitar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Cost had been a student of Soar. Right. So Cost was Soar's, Soar's student. And then, so Cost made those arrangements. And, and then, um, uh, and he also did some, some republications of Soar studies. Yeah. And those were the ones that Segovia used for his sure. you know, famous 20 studies. You know, came, yep. Yep. came from Soar to Cost to Segovia. Yeah. And so the, huh. there really is a line through for a lot of this stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's, 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 you know, you, you mentioned messy, you know, <laughs> I think there's, there's, there's some beautiful messiness in all of that. And I think when we, when we look <laughs> back at yeah. things historically, we, we tend to compartmentalize and, and put things in little boxes and draw lines around things. We have to, to understand some nature of it, I think, but it, it's, I, I think that fluidity and that, that, that kind of messiness is, is really interesting, you know, and, and, and personally, I, you know, and I know, I know that you've done some, some, looking into this as well i think you you did a performance of um some of the the sonatas for violin and guitar of, of pierre Poirot, and i think that was the first time i had ever heard any of that music and, it, and it, the name was like in the back of my head it's like yeah i kind of knew about some guy or thought something you know never paid any sure, attention yeah. and i've you know i've been recently you know just thinking thinking a lot about the guitar in the 18th century and and you know 
and that that kind of that fluidity and that 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 beautiful messiness, if you will, is is part of it that I think is just fascinating. And and it tells me that there was a lot of a lot of vibrant things happening surrounding the instrument at, at that time, you know. And and you oh, got that, sure. that there whole were, transition there were from in... the yep. the notation from the tablature to the the menstrual notation, and the changes in style that accompany that. And you know, and I and I think you know, Merky, I thinking about that being played on a five course instrument, you know, with, 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 with two Bourdon and, and then, you know, that whole really strange, didn't last very long, was really located only in Paris, as far as I understand it, of the, the, the five strings, the five single string thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's really cool music for that. And then at the same time, you got the six double string thing happening, and then you know the the six single string kind of emerges merging out of that, and then you throw the lyre guitar in for fun, and, and it's just oh, what yeah. a you know <laughs> what a crazy yeah. time that must have been. And yeah, but it, yet, it was we a look really at it now, yeah. and we think it's like oh, there was no guitar in the 18th century. Well, yeah, there was. There was a lot of guitar mm-hmm. in the 18th mm-hmm. century, and it's really really interesting. I think you know. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things when when you know when I. Um, you know, when I was learning guitar and learning about guitar, it was, you know, the, the, the basic message that I got was, you know, yeah, we had, you know, we had, yeah, David Zay and we had Sons and maybe uh, Santiago de Murcia and whatnot. Uh, and then suddenly we had Soar, you know, we had Soar <laughs> and Giuliani, you know, but there's a whole, there's an entire generation thing. And there were a lot of, a lot of changes um, and a lot of experimentation going on. You know, some of yeah. those things were, were dead ends, you know, that went nowhere, you know, but sure. there were, there were a lot of exciting things. Yeah. You mentioned the five course in air or five string guitar. Um, yeah. So there's like the, uh, there's the method of, of Charles Doisy. Uh, mm-hmm. And the first half of the method is for five string guitar and the second half yeah. is for six string guitar. You know, this is the yeah. new exciting thing. There's six strings on the guitar. Wow. There it is right there. Do you know uh, what you wrote some, know what year that is wrote some fantastic head. music for that instrument, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. just to really, yeah. Really great composer, not played very much today. Do you, off the top of your head, you happen to know what year is that's that's like eighteen oh two or something like that, right? I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've been I've been looking at the um, the Merki uh, method from seventeen sixty one, and the thing that strikes me about it is, I mean, this is not trifling music. It's really highly developed stuff, yeah, and there's yeah. there's some. There's there's really some kind of um, attention given to virtuosity at a time when I I don't know maybe it's just just me and the way I've been introduced to thinking about this in the past but I found it really surprising you know I, I you know I I was expecting to find you know cute little easy you know a lot of vocal accompaniment boom chuck 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 kind of stuff right, and there's right, some right. really really cool you know, highly developed stuff going on there. And it tells me that number one, these guys were, were real serious about, you know, the art of composition and, and music making, you know, they, they were, they were professionals of the higher, highest order, you know? And I think the, that's sure. the other thing yeah, about the yeah. guitar. We get this idea of like, Oh, it, it, it's the perfect salon instrument that's, you know, designed for ladies of distinction, you know, to recreate with, you know, and, and I think, no, it, it, it was right. Right in the middle of things, man. Is oh, they're bumping sure. elbows yeah, yeah. Back, and, and yeah. you know. Yeah, one of the strange things about the I mean, yeah, this this is this is this is one thing that I found, yeah, once uh when when I was younger and I was looking for some pieces to um to play with a a, a pianist, 
friend who I had and I went to my teacher and said, what, what, what can we play? I, I'm not familiar with any of this music. And you know, he said, oh, well, it's all bad. You know, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing you can play. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, well that's, that's there's nothing Thank good you at all. Much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess. And, and so I never did. Yeah. But, but the, the, yeah, I mean, the crazy and thing how, is, yeah. How many times well, has well, that I mean, conversation yeah, happened, you know? It, it's happened, but you have to, I mean, we come from a different perspective because, you know, we, we, we do have internet resources and whatnot. We can actually, I mean, IMSLP is an incredible resource. It's not the end. I don't, you know, especially with students, what I don't tell anybody. For sure. Yeah, exactly. But it's a start and it's a start for some things that, um, um, you know, back in the past, a publisher would have said, there's no market for this. I'm not going to touch this. Or yeah, it was true. buried in some archive or something. It just yeah. people, n nobody knew about it. You know, no, no guitarist, maybe a librarian or somebody who was an expert. Nobody yeah. who had an interest in it would have known about it. It was just so, so buried. Um, but, you know, now, now a lot of that stuff is out there. You know, you can, you can yeah. explore. I mean, they're just easily explore. And that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg a lot of times. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, there were a lot of changes, and um, we've actually seen this this twice in the in the history of guitar. Yeah, we had our Baroque guitarists who are well known, you know, our our songs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then there's there's a whole generation of music that kind of got a little bit buried. Uh, and then post um, post Giuliani and whatnot, we had there there are right. a lot of some of them have Absolutely. have you yeah. know since like the 1980s have kind of come to the fore people like Mertz and Rigondi cost sure. uh, we've talked about um yeah. Legnani or whatnot yeah um but I mean before that time period these were super unknown names you know right right yeah know and again people. I think that's that's another tip of the iceberg situation there you know the more I look into that you know I'm, I'm constantly running across composers I never read it's like who is that? What you know, and right, and, yeah. and not and not trifling in terms of their output either. You know, it's like oh, wow, that guy wrote a whole lot of music and it's really good. And I've never heard any of this. You know, and and, and right, right. The perspective is is really different. You know, so you know. So and, you know, like, to come back to what I was saying before, yeah, for you know, when I was just a young player and whatnot, and asking somebody, you know, uh, what what's out there for guitar and piano. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, and saying it's all bad. Well, maybe what was available, what you could sure. go into a music store, look in a catalog um, on spec. You know, you're, right. you're just looking, you know, looking at a catalog that says this piece is for guitar and music, and it costs twenty four dollars. Do you right. buy it? You know, <laughs> you know, uh, which which we don't have to. We can we can look at a lot yeah. of these things and say, oh yeah, hey, that's pretty good. That's that's that. Yeah. Do you buy it in the first place? And then do you spend your time working on it? You know, I mean, that. so yeah. I'm so I'm that's not a condemnation of what what happened in the you know, relatively recent past, but just saying that yeah. we come from a different situation. That's and a, I would say for us, kind, then, the that's yeah. a very kind perspective. I think I, I think it, it I should, is, but I maybe it's not so kind more. <laughs> okay, but maybe it's not so kind for us because maybe there's no excuse for you know just playing what we like. You know? <laughs> yeah, or, or, or just spending only yeah. time on what we like. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. Right. I'm not going to tell any artist, you know, don't don't play a piece. Um, you know, don't you must play that piece because it's your responsibility to do. You know, that's right. that's a very kind of yeah. well knowing uh, about down and being aware. Is one thing, you know, and and um, you know, I, I that's I think that's where I I get kind of kind of worked up, you know, is is just I think we have a responsibility to be aware of our repertoire, you know, and, and to, oh, absolutely, to fully... I would say anyone who's going to do this uh, professionally or or to be serious about it, yeah.
You should. Yeah. You should. And know that doesn't it. mean you, you have should. to have to play it all, and you don't have to like playing it all, and that's totally right. fine too. But it's it's one thing to say to say I don't even know about that repertoire, then then you know, and 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 if essentially say kind of you know depending on on who you are and what level and what responsibility you have towards other younger players, um, you know, it's one thing to say you know that repertoire I don't know I don't even know about it, you know. And right. It's another thing to say. Yeah. Oh, I know about it, but I—that's not what I like to play. You know. Sure. And, and, yeah. And that's, I mean, and, yeah. For for any of us, I mean, there's only there's only so much time in the day, so many years in right. our life. You know, we, we can't <laughs> do it all. Can't you know, We have to figure out, you know, what what interests us and and what can we do well and what can we do right by. You know, I mean. Yeah. But yeah, just looking at that, um, looking at the broader picture. Yeah. It's it's important, but I, I I like I like I like the kindness in in your approach to to thinking about how how people might have been approaching this issue in the past because I I get angry, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not good no, to be I angry. Don't. I should, yeah, I should and, be less angry, yeah. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I, I and I, I need to keep that in mind. You know, with yeah. the resources we have available to us are far greater than people in in past generations might have had, and and that's right. you know I need I need to remember that because it's it's a you know, I'll, I'll be less angry. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what to tell you there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I usually have to pay my my therapist about 150 bucks an hour for this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You only have to Checks pay me like 125. You know, it's it's easy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So. No, right, yeah. no so, I mean, it, it it was a comp. I mean, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, we we we've seen. Yeah, you know, guitar has always seen kind of its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been uh, parallel and adjacent to mainstream classical music, you know. And that's I that's think been that's one true of our, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's always one of our challenges. But you know, uh, we as musical artists who also play the guitar, you know, I mean, it's it's um, it's up to us to to make the music. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, to, to not be defined by some other kind of narrative. Yeah, and, and I think that, that goes back towards historical music as well as what I talked about a little while ago about looking at, at new music. I mean, sure. we we make music that's worthwhile, you know, that that brings brings you know, happiness and joy to people, that satisfaction yeah. and whatnot. I mean, that's that's really what it's all about. Love it, I love it. So I want I want to talk about um, some some of the recordings that you made because I think I think you and I have something in common in in that. We like to find things that maybe people hadn't known about and say, "Hey, this is pretty cool. You should check it out." Um, and and I know that one of one of your one of your recordings was the Devise um, Theorbostov, and then there was another one with uh, that represented like the twilight of the the thirteen chorus Baroque lute and some of that mm -hmm. stuff. And and oh, I can't remember the the name of the composer. There's there's another Baroque lute recording that you made. See, I, I always do my research before these interviews, you can tell. Um, mm -hmm. Charles Hurel, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Aurel, or Charles Hurel, I'll, yeah. I'll mangle that, that, uh, <laughs> that pronunciation. Yeah, yeah so Hurel, but it, it's spelled H-U-R-E-L. Uh, okay. So this is one you, you had mentioned as Davis A, which I haven't actually recorded any Davis A. So that was that was Urell, oh. who was who was a contemporary of Davis A, and they were I'm working thinking, okay. in uh, yeah, similar circles. Davis A was a little bit higher up on the um, uh, the professional spectrum, at least the gig that he had. You know, he yeah. was the uh, uh, private 
guitar player for Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, sweet and, gig. Yeah, Urell, Urell was, <laughs> was a sweet gig. Yeah, that's that's kind of a side. You know, the one thing that I always uh, I always read about him was you know the, his 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 main job was was playing in the king's bedchamber, which I always thought. Oh yeah, that is kinky. That's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> Which until, you know, I mean, this is just going going kind of on the broader education sort of spectrum. Yeah, until I, <laughs> I visited, <laughs> I, I really learned some things in that music. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I could fly in my own home. No, um, no, until I visited Versailles and you realize the king's bedchamber was actually a totally open situation where like his whole, you know, the king would sit in bed. Off. <laughs> would sit in bed and like his whole you know, government ministers and everything would convene. It was kind of a, a power play, you know, a boss move. You know, I'm just going to sit up in bed and you're going to come in and give me the report on agriculture and the treasury and everything. And I can't be bothered to get up. Meanwhile, yeah, David Zay would be over there playing some background music. You know? <laughs> so, Sweet which was, gig. <laughs> which was a great gig. You know? So it was, when they say the bedchamber, it was really just really kind of like his office or whatnot. So I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, this was, this and, was the, this was, was the kind was of gig Urell that I think. doing at the same time? Yeah, so Urell, um, yeah, he was kind of, yeah, just kind of just, just tooling around. We don't really know much about his, his life okay. or whatnot. Um, Did he work he for apparently the court? He, he had a um, uh, a patron named Lebon, Mad, Mademoiselle Lebon. Okay. I don't really know know a whole lot about his his life or whatnot. But at the same time as David Zay, um, and, and both of them, like like a lot of musicians, really were um, uh, really inspired by Jean Baptiste Lully, sure. who was again going back to Louis Louis the Fourteenth was the court composer. Right. And and so um, so in um, in Urell's you know this manuscript by Urell is one manuscript um, contains you know transcriptions of pieces by Lully. You find the same okay. thing. There are transcriptions by David Zay of pieces by Lully yeah. um, mm -hmm. for either Theorbo or Baroque lute um, and, and the same thing. So my my recording of Urell is 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 Theorbo music. All of his Theorbo music on one one Excellent. album. And uh, really nice stuff, you know, just really in this uh, French style, which was very much about, um, you know, broken textures, arpeggiation. And, and this is one thing going back to the whole history of uh, playing plucked stringed instruments. Uh, yeah, you find a lot of, yeah, the, these things that cross string figures and whatnot. Things that yeah. the guitar does well nowadays. Um, it was all over Baroque guitar music, loop music, all this. Yeah. Um, really came about in the... Um, in the 17th century, sure, and um, you find that in Hurel or all these all these other guys from the time period. And how were you, how were you made aware of this music? Where did you where did you find it? Um, well, I found it in a library. There there is a there was and and is a facsimile edition. I'm okay. not sure if that we talked about IMSLP. I'm not sure if it's on there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um, so there is a facsimile edition. So in other words, you know, a reprinting of the original. Yeah. Score, did, which did is you, in, were you aware of it at all, or did you find it by accident? I was not. I just found it somewhere. Yeah, I believe I found it uh, cool. on a visit to Indiana University. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and and then the Nigel uh, North the, uh, the is other... the um, uh, so Nigel North is the is the lute and the orbo and uh, and um, yep. uh, baroque guitar professor there, uh, great performer as well. And I was studying privately with him at the time. 
Oh, okay. I would just drive. I wasn't in his degree program, but I would, I would go out there and make the drive. While I was out there, I would, um, I would troll the library and try to find out what they've got in their collection, which, you know, they've got a great early music program there at the Jacob School of Music. And so I would just find what I could find and very cool. Thought, you know, hey, nobody's played this. (laughs) (laughs) And and then your, your other, um, broke loop recorder or I guess not your other broke loop recording but your broke loop recording of the 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 later stuff I, th- I thought that was really interesting as well because you really see you know the styles are changing like you know they, they uh, oh yeah moving moving away from the, the those characteristics that we think of as the high baroque or whatever um you know into into a more of a galant or rococo or those those kind of pre right early classical stuff. yeah and yeah. Samashtu, all these yeah there we go we nice yeah you know, so and 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 which is you know really about oh. um uh yeah <laughs> which I find a really fascinating, very short lived movement, you know, where it was really about, um, you know, really rapid changes of emotional content, you know, what they call affect. And yeah, so one moment it can be very kind of serene and then suddenly it's very kind of majestic. And then, then it'll be very kind of scary, you know, (laughs) yeah, all within the same, you know, within like 30 seconds of music, you know? Um, And, and, you know, honestly, I find that, you know, that, that is very much to me, it seems very much like uh, almost like modern editing sort of thing that you might find (laughs) in any sort of thing. Yeah. You're just skipping from one thing to another thing. And yet there's some kind of through line for all that, you know, and, and writing a piece that's successful for that, you know, um, probably the greatest example for, you know, of a composer in that kind of style would be CPE Bach. So not Johann yeah. Sebastian, but Carl Philipp Emanuel Bach, who was uh, his son, uh, who had actually a much uh, much more successful career than Johann yeah. Sebastian, um, and um, but also incredible music, but you know not as highly regarded nowadays. But anyway, so they're, they're, so we we don't have an example of that in guitar music. We don't really right. have um, a, a composer who you could hold up as as uh, as. A, as a great example of writing music in that kind of style, but it was an important transition between Baroque and classical and even kind of a precursor to early romanticism, you know, where you've, sure. got, you've got some yeah, stormy things planted, happening, yeah. lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet it, it, it is kind of because the guitar was undergoing a lot of changes in how it was constructed. You know, there wasn't one kind of unified guitar style or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I think those we things were about happening that more in northern and 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 uh, central Europe, whereas you know the guitar's activity was really focused in Paris specifically. Um, sure, Paris you know. became the hub, yeah, and 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 of course Italy was always a big yeah. part. Ironically, not a lot of stuff going on in Spain, or a lot of Spanish composers <laughs> leaving Spain to go into, into yep. Paris and and other areas or whatnot. Some obviously someone like um, like Giuliani going to Vienna eventually. Yeah, yeah, so. But anyway, because there wasn't that that sort of um, um, there there wasn't really a great example of that for guitar. I was I was really drawn to it, you know, and and, yeah. and performing it on the lute. Obviously, there's there's lots of great Baroque music written and Renaissance music written for the lute, uh, yeah. Dowland and Weiss and all that sort of stuff that had been covered a lot. And for me, I thought, well, there's, there's also this great music, and so it's fantastic, yeah. you know, looking at. Um, uh, composers like uh, you know really well-known composers like Kleinknecht and, uh, <laughs> and Anonymous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
really prolific guy that 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 anonymous dude anonymous wrote a lot of stuff too. i mean very long lived i mean <laughs> did and did you did you record falkenhagen on that on that record that was a yeah i had recorded falkenhagen that was on a different album that was a different one okay that was an album that i did that? which was all uh falkenhagen and vice Oh, cool. And Bach, Excellent. sorry, Falkenhagen. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was also Johann Sebastian Bach. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Minor. Okay. That's a minor known uh, composer. Most people probably don't know. <laughs> and and, and Falk, Falkenhagen is kind of forward looking for that time, too, right? I mean, he. Oh, he's, sure. He's, yeah. 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 Falkenhagen is a really weird composer because some of his, I think some of his music is absolutely fantastic. And some of it's terrible. <laughs> Was it written for guitar and piano? Uh, <laughs> no, but I could arrange that if you want. You know? yeah. No, some of it, it, I wouldn't even say it's terrible. It's just, it's, it's, it's very much like you, you had mentioned, you know, just little ditties and whatnot. Sure. Um, and, and then some of it, I think, really profound and, and, and lots of experimentation. He's got this one, one sonata, and this is for, for Baroque lute. You know, it's got this whole... Um, this this whole kind of uh, figure of you know pull offs and whatnot on one string that it yeah. sounds like you know uh, ACDC Thunderstruck or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean yeah. And, and and you're like this is this is yeah and Falkenhagen was actually he was forward looking but he was actually a younger contemporary of Johann Sebastian Bach yeah so so wow. so yeah. Yeah, J.S. Bach was really pretty conservative in his approach. Yeah, so it's sure, kind of, of kind of, and he lived in 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 Leipzig, where Bach was was really centered. Wow. Uh, before Bach was there, so it, it's, so it's kind of crazy. You got this one thing where you're doing this, you know, doing this whole thing where you're going yeah. up and down the neck and doing all these these pull offs and whatnot. And boy, I don't, I I can't even think in guitar when we first yeah. experienced something like that. I don't. Yeah, this there's, is, yeah, I'm, there's, I'm just there's, going there's down this really road. Cool I mean, lick. can you think of anything that, yeah, exactly. It seems like, like a Jimi Hendrix lick or, or yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a really cool lick actually from, from Merkey in the 1761. Okay. Method. And there's, there's, there's a, there's a caprice. It's before all the pedagogical stuff. It's kind of like, Hey, here's a little, a little thing that you can, a little ditty you can play. It's unmeasured and the rhythms change all over the place and there's some arpeggiation, um, there's a lot of arpeggiation, but it's it, like not standard patterns like we think of them, like, you know, repeated kind of things. There's some really interesting, and you can tell, like, you know, he, he wasn't using the A finger um, and using the thumb a lot more than, than we tend to in a modern, modern approach. But there's this lick that, yeah, it's, it's like this combination arpeggio slur lick that goes up mm -hmm. the neck on the fourth and third strings. And it, yeah, it's like, it's what did, did, did Eddie Van Halen write this? You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Weird, you know, yeah. And Again, it all comes back to these yeah. these kind of you know we want neat sort of categorizations, you know, but but you know there's all these these kind of things where you know some somebody's got a one off, you know, that's, yeah. that's just incredible, you know, and, <laughs> and really neat. And, and so you, it does when, take when a little did bit Falcon of digging. Die? You know? Oh goodness, um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but do you, do, I mean. They, I, cause it, it surprised me when you said he was in Leipzig before Bach. I mean, cause Bach was there in what, 1723. Um, so, you know, it's wow. That I, I, for some reason I had, I just had it in my head that he was, he was later than that, but maybe he lived yeah, a long time. Falkenhagen is, sorry, 1754. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So I mean, a direct contemporary of, of right. Bach. So Johann yeah. Sebastian Bach uh, oh. dies in yeah 1750. 50 right yeah yeah which was convenient because on yeah 
midnight at December 31st on, on they declared. the night of, of 1750. They determined that yeah, 1751 would be the classical period. You know? <laughs> so, according to my, my The old man finally kicked off. We can move along now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah wow, that's very cool. And so on, on the... Um, on the on the the later stuff, the recording with the later stuff. What what is like the the latest piece that that you included on in that repertoire? Oh goodness, I I think it might be the Klein Connect Sonata. Okay. Yeah. So um, Klein Connect, yeah, really well known name. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few pieces there. There's this. Uh, it, it's in this manuscript, and that that's one of the things that you can kind of see with the decline of the lute and the rise of the guitar is that. There was much less published music for the lute, and you find, sure. and most of the music is in handwritten manuscripts. You know, people were actually passing these things around and, and making. Yeah. There was no photocopy first, so you know, no photocopies or, or scans or anything. No PDFs. Right. PDF box was a little bit. <laughs> could you? Later. Yeah, could you send me uh, that in a text? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So none of that sort. Of, so I mean, yeah, you had two ways of doing it. You could either print the music. Or yeah. you, know, you could actually write it out. So most of this music survives in handwritten copies. So this is manuscript um, that, that's really interesting because it it's from you know late or, or mid um, mid 18th century. So we're talking post Bach. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it has music by Haydn in it, arranged for lute. Oh wow! And some of it's solo lute, and some of it is ensemble with other instruments. Yeah. So we're talking yeah. So we've got Haydn in there, and the it's also the manuscript was. I'm sorry, what was the question? Do we know what the source of the manuscript was? Who who did the copying? I don't I don't know that we do. It's it's called the Augsburg yeah. manuscript. Okay. It's, it's a large collection. It's, it's very big, multiple volumes. Um, huh. But yeah, it has music by Haydn in it, and then it has uh, music by uh, Enemont Gautier, who okay. was wow. early 17th century. Yeah. So we're talking music. Sure. It's almost you know like like 150 years previous yeah and and at that time period i mean that you know nowadays again we take it for granted that you know we have access right. to all this past, that, that, past that's music. a big deal then yeah yeah most of the time people played music and when it when they got sick of it they just started writing new music <laughs> again there were no recordings you couldn't hear this right. you know it didn't right, live right, on right. anybody's ears unless anybody heard it yeah so i mean that's that's so anyway there's this klein connect piece and and uh let's see klein connect dies in 1794 Wow. Okay. So that's three years after Mozart. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, writing really classical music, you know, sonata forms, all that sort of stuff for the lute. Amazing. Yeah. Really Very cool. Really, you know, really refined. Um, you know, not not transitional or anything. You really establish yeah. sonata forms. You know, it's um, and, and yeah, for the lute. Yeah, it's like what? That's awesome. This is the I love lute that music stuff. In, in sonata form. Yeah. The same. Same form as a symphony or, yeah. a sonata, or a piano sonata or something, and and That's very so stylistically cool. like that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And it, it, do you know anything about his life, where he was active, or any of that kind of stuff? No. Uh, there's there's just, there's nothing. Yeah. There's no yeah. information on that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was not primarily a lute composer. I believe he was primarily a flautist, flute player. Oh wow. Um. Huh. But I mean that that's a case with a lot of these people. Again, the lute was on the decline, you know, and right, of um, course, yeah. 
so I mean, one of the one of the composers that I really enjoy a lot is is uh, Bernhard Joachim Hagen. Again, okay. really well known name in, in guitar circles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, think that's what was just playing in the seven, car that drove by yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, seventeen eighty seven, maybe. So again, we're still in, wow. in Haydn Mozart time period. Uh, really writing really great music, and and a lot of this stuff could be adapted to guitar, you know, really well. Sure, and um, it happened. So I mean, um, so yeah. Anyway, Hagen was actually a um, a, uh, a violinist by trade and okay. and you can you can hear the violin um as a professional violinist in orchestra and and uh, you can you can hear the violin influence in his music for sure very cool that's that's fantastic i love that we we, we all should be doing that all the time <laughs> so do you have do you have any projects coming up online that uh not online as in the internet but like like on your own personal uh, thread. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm working on this 19th century guitar uh, project, um, and uh, part of that is I'm. You're going to ask me for a lot of information I don't know probably, but uh, <laughs> I've been I've been digging a little bit. So it it, it includes some of some of the old Star Wars stalwarts. I'm doing some old stuff. <laughs> uh, and and I'm even going up uh, going a little bit farther than what you might think of as 19th century, but into like Yobet. Uh, okay. Music by Yobet. Um, as well as uh, here's the uh, another well-known composer. Obscurity seems to be the the, the uh, word of the day. Uh, Jan Bobrovich. Oh yeah, Bobrovich. I, I, I know about Jan Bobrovich. A lot of people. Okay, so a lot of people are not not yeah. so familiar. I spent a lot a of time with Matanya Ofi. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would put you in a different. <laughs> yeah. In a very small subset of guitarists, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah so Bobrovich was a um, was a student of Giuliani's. Yeah. Uh, Polish, Polish mm -hmm. by birth, but moved to moved to Vienna. So, I mean, this, this is what I talked about the the pan European quality of the guitar. So you've got someone yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bobrovich who was Polish, living in Austria, studying with Giuliani who was from Italy. I mean. Yeah. I mean, there's it, and, and all those guys played in Russia too. You know, like yeah, sure, yeah, they, they traveled all, around. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these guys too. That's the other thing. You know, they didn't just stay in one place. Um, you know, they, um, yeah, they they traveled around quite a bit, and and you know, made a living doing this stuff. You know, this, yeah. this was not easy back in those days. You couldn't just hop on. A plane. <laughs> it's not easy now. <laughs> it's not easy now, but you know, we, you know, for those of us who can afford it, you know, we can just. You know, <laughs> You can drive somewhere. You can you can get on a plane or whatnot. You can you can yeah. do these things, you know. But if you wanted, yeah, if you wanted to travel from Vienna to St. Petersburg, oh I mean, that was a month long endeavor. You know, I mean, yeah, you had to be making enough money to make that worthwhile. You know, oh <laughs> yeah, just the travel was 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 a big <laughs> sure. deal. Yeah, or if you hey, if you wanted to go from uh, uh, Paris to London, you know, there was no tunnel. Yeah. You know, you, right. getting there was significant. You, it was a sea voyage <laughs> and all that. You know. Uh, no. Don't get robbed. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, and you go back roads exactly where you could get yeah. your carriage could get <laughs> don't get, get dysentery, don't around. get robbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a big undertaking. So um so in other words, there there was, you know, there was there was an artistic infrastructure of people who were willing to listen to this, who knew sure. it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't an oddity, you know. There were so I mean guitar right. playing was a big part. And we often see this in the lens of, you know, again, you know, coming back to some things, you know, I mean, this was, I'm not, you know, I'm not casting dispersions on anybody, but, you know, it, 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 
Yeah, in the in the last part of the twentieth century, up until the last part of the twentieth century, I mean the um, the idea was that you know we we had this flowering with with soar, and then it kind of went underground, and Targa revived it, and then Segovia really revived yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and sure on the mainstream uh, on the mainstream kind of concert audience, that's that's how it probably looked. Yeah, but for us, we can look and say that I mean there are a lot of these other figures who are making Absolutely. really great music we don't have to stick with one kind of uh one kind of repertoire or, yeah. or just a very limited uh a li limited sort of grab bag of the same names on concert programs and whatnot yeah and so for for the 19th century stuff that you're looking into the brobowitz and, and whatnot um what what instrument or instruments are you are you exploring so i have a on? um uh, I have a Stauffer style guitar, Anton Stauffer, yeah, with the um, uh, with the adjustable neck and the twenty three oh, frets cool. on it. And this is an original nineteenth century guitar. And I do not know the name; it's anonymous. It has no um, okay, no label in it, which it's is a six string. Uh, which I'm great. It's a six string guitar, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the kind of guitar that um, Lignani might have played, you know, the, sure from from that generation. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic sounding guitar. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's- yeah, it what, what string great. length is it? What, what scale? I don't, I never know this, Carl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. does, your, does your Guitar hands nerds you always small? ask me this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, it's similar to a modern guitar. It's, it's not, yeah. it's the, the actual string length. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it'll be a little bit smaller than uh, modern guitar. Here's, a, here's another one but of the But it's not a teeny these. tiny one. Yeah. No, it's not for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not a terrace guitar. I mean, <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, this is one of these things that I always heard in, in, relation to guitar was that you know some of these fingerings in 19th century guitar and yeah. they, they don't make they don't make sense on a modern guitar because the guitars were so much smaller back then yeah you know? yeah and not necessarily i mean they're still hard yeah. fingerings uh, again shows that these of salt it, to be taken yeah, here yeah right but i mean okay but it 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 shows us i mean these players were players you know? i mean oh yeah they weren't just oh yeah like you said before boom chink you know i mean they were writing yep. really virtuoso <laughs> stuff and yeah. again, there's no incentive for doing that unless you have people who want to listen to it. That's yeah, that's an excellent and point. They did have people who wanted to listen to that. You know, that was yeah. that was a vibrant part of that artistic culture at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, well, huh. I think I think we can wrap it up, unless there's anything else that you uh think we should talk about or anything else going on for you these days that uh that you want yeah, I don't know. know about. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is that, you know, maybe to bring it back to what we talked about at the very beginning, you know, we, we talked about the whole pandemic situation and whatnot and yeah. the um, the challenges and maybe the opportunities for that. And that is that for me, I've explored different repertoire, just speaking for me personally, and um, yeah. maybe as an example for something that, that other people can can think about or certainly something that I'm going to incorporate as I go down the road here is that, you know, just w when the the pandemic happened and the lockdown hit, you know, I, I had a ton of gigs lined up and all of a sudden yeah. those were just locked. Those were off yeah. the table, you know, just everything. And so I had just, I was, I was fortunately able to continue teaching and do these things online, yeah. but, you know, performances and whatnot. 
And that was a long, it was, it had been a long time before I, uh, or had a long time before that, before I, I had that much open time. Yeah. And it w- it was a great opportunity for me to kind of reevaluate technique. Yeah. And mm-hmm. think about not just what I was playing, but how I was playing the instrument sure. and to experiment with a lot of different things and to think outside the box, think about yeah. how I fingered things, both the left hand and the right hand. Think about, you know, what is the musical effect I'm after? Um, and um, I would encourage anybody else to, you know, maybe set some time aside for some of that. Yeah. It's it's difficult when you're a performing artist to, to take that time because yep. you have to get this piece or this music ready for all this concert. Yeah. And you can't you can't be saying, well, maybe I could I could, uh, you know, instead of playing that in fifth position, I could play that in 11th yeah. position. You know, something. You know, right. some, sometimes yeah, I, always, maybe, I always talk about it in terms yeah. of a luxury thing. It's like, you know, this this idea that. I don't have the luxury of time to really dig in and, and do that kind of introspective work to the depth that I would love to because, you know, it's got to go out, you know, and, and, and it's, that's, that's really, I think that's great that you, you mentioned that about, about this time and, and a positive aspect of it. And, you know, I, I practiced like I hadn't practiced in a very, very long time in 2020 oh, yeah. and I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like, like you, I'm, I'm hoping that's something that like I can at least to some degree as things start to go out more, I, I hope I can hold on to that, that kind of internal process a little, a little bit right, better than exactly, maybe I yeah. had been beforehand, you know, yeah, that's a great just, point. Not just focus on the here and now, but think about, you know, what, yeah, how can yeah. how can we continue to develop? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's just and my personal they, story. But I mean, that's hopefully great. we can all look at that, you know, and and think about yeah. how we can come out of this and uh, and and make uh, better music, more and better music. Not that it's bad now, yeah. right? <laughs> but you know, for all but of yeah. us, yeah, you know. yeah, that's 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 fantastic, and I think that's a that's a that's a beautiful place to leave it. So all right. I really appreciate your time, Chris, and I uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, and and I and I always say this, and I always mean it. But we'll we'll have to get you back because I'm sure there's other things that we'll be able to talk about in the future. So. Sure, and yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's great to see you again, Carl. My pleasure. All right, take care. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.